All right, we are starting uh, this new series called Authentic Christmas. And um, what does the word authentic mean? It basically is defined as being real, genuine, uh, verified. Over the many years uh, since the birth of Jesus, the meaning, the meaning of Christmas has really been redefined to something far from the originals. Many uh, companies no longer allow their employees to say, Merry Christmas. Songs like Let It Snow have replaced Silent Night. And there's nothing wrong with Let It Snow, like that song, like Silent Night, but just need a little bit more Silent Night. Giving gifts has turned into a, a mad search to find the hottest item at the cheapest price. Our culture has lost the true, authentic meaning of Christmas. And you probably know that already. So our goal for this series is to recall and identify the authenticity of Christmas through God's word. We will do that by using four simple words over the next few weeks and then on Christmas Eve. So for the next three Sundays, today and the two after that, and then Christmas Eve, we will focus on four words. Peace, love, joy, and hope. Peace, love, joy, and hope. And we will find, our goal is to find those within the Christmas story and then to apply it to our lives. So my goal today is to help us trace, to find traces of peace within the biblical narrative of the Christmas story and apply it to our lives uh, that are very much need in peace. We see the final picture of peace with Mary as the shepherds appeared in the stable. Now, my text today, I'm gonna be hanging out in the book of Luke. So I'm gonna be mostly in Luke chapter one and chapter two. I'm actually gonna begin in chapter two. So if you have your copy of God's word, I would invite you to join uh, me in that and to be able to, to uh, whether it's your, your hard copy or digital copy. And we're gonna go to Luke chapter two, verses 16 through 17, and uh, 16 through 19. And in this scene, we find a, a basically a picture of peace uh, with Mary. And so let's start reading here, verse 16. So they hurried off, and this is the shepherds. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So this is towards the, the end of this sort of Christmas scene in the stable next to the manger. Mary has had has given birth to Jesus, and all just seems well. All just seems, yes, good in, in the world. She's at peace. Because the Bible says she, she treasured all of these things. Have you ever sat by, I, I did this just the other night. Have you ever sat by your Christmas tree at night or early in the morning? You know, plug it up and the, and the lights are, are, are up. Now, if you don't have your Christmas tree up, I don't judge you. But you should hurry up and do that. Just get that Christmas spirit, right? But as you're, as you're sitting there in, in front of the Christmas tree, you just could seem that, hey, all is great with the world. You're just treasuring all the memories. Maybe you have certain ornaments on your tree 
that uh, remind you of seasons past. When your kids were little or when you had a special pet who's no longer with you or another family member or whatever. And so um, as, as you look at that tree, you are treasuring all the wonderful things in your life that God has given you. If you have never done that, I would encourage you to do that. But most of you have probably done that. You here today or watching online. And so it's sort of like that with Mary. Now, Mary doesn't have a Christmas tree or ornaments there, but she is, she's remembering, she's reminiscing, she's treasuring all of these things in her heart. But Mary is also, as the scripture says, pondering in her heart, pondering. Mary was in deep thought of everything that transpired over the last nine months until she arrived at this moment of perfect peace. As we ponder with Mary, we will observe the choices she and Joseph made that helped them arrive at their place of peace. So she's treasuring the good things in her life. She has a, she has a newborn baby, right? She's treasuring. She's pondering about things, made it, what, all the things that got her there. And, and as you as we travel down this Christmas story over the next few weeks, we're going to be reminded of all the things that happened, and we'll obviously see some of that today. All the things that happened in their life that got them to this point. And we will observe the choices she and Joseph made that helped them arrive at their place of peace and hopefully to apply it to our lives. So Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, became pregnant and at old age. She would eventually give birth to John the Baptist. So about six months into her pregnancy, we see this happen in Luke chapter one. So just flip one, one chapter over. Verse 26 through 38. Luke 1, 26. In the sixth year, sorry, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked, the angel said, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. And listen to her response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So in this first in this encounter that Mary has with, with the angel, we see a, a, a perfect trust in the Lord. We see a trusting in the Lord. An, an angel appears and said, hey, 
Holy Spirit is going to come, and, he's going, and, and you're going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and this child is the son of the Most High God. And so you would think she would be freaking out about that. I mean, she, it does say she was a little frightened. But she trusted in the Lord. At the beginning of this chaos, Mary chose to trust in the Lord. Now, it may not seem that there was chaos. Now, in this moment, we don't know all that Mary was doing, but we do know that the angel came and visited her. She was by herself. But soon, there was going to be chaos in her life. You see, Mary, as you know, was engaged to Joseph. And Mary has now been told she's pregnant through the Holy Spirit. There's going to be some major questions coming from Joseph regarding the father of the child. One thing Joseph will know is that the child is not his. Mary knows this will eventually come up, but she doesn't freak out. She simply places her trust in the Lord. So you remember that scene of perfect peace near the manger that we just read a few moments ago, that final scene where she's treasuring all the things in her heart? She arrived at that moment because she trusted in the Lord. And I wonder how many times over the next several months, Mary would repeat the words that we just read, may your word to me be fulfilled. May your word to me be fulfilled. There was chaos, more chaos to come down the road when people would notice her, her pregnant pooch and ask questions. But to chase away any doubt, Mary would remember how God spoke. Never doubt in the dark what God has spoken in the light. To arrive at your moment of peace requires you to place your trust in the Lord at the beginning and during your chaos and your troubles. Stand firm and believe in his word and his character. So how do you find peace? How do you find the peace in your life? At the beginning of the chaos and even in the middle of the chaos, trust in the Lord. Don't freak out. It's easy to freak out. Trust me. Don't trust in me, trust in the Lord, but just what I'm saying. And you, you have probably been in situations where there's been chaos and trouble in your life, and it's easy to, to freak out. But when we trust in the Lord and walk in the Spirit and walk in His power, we can have peace. Mary shows us that. The second thing, after the encounter and the angel Gabriel, Mary visited her cousin Elizabeth. Upon Mary entering the home, the baby leaped in Elizabeth's womb. Elizabeth showered blessings onto Mary and the child she was bearing. Mary responded in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through 55. So just a few verses over from where we left off. So verse 46. So this is Mary's response, and this is a song. And Mary said, my soul gratifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. 
Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in his inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever just as he promised our ancestors. Those are incredible words. It's Mary's song. In fact, many, many songs have been written about this song. Books have been written about this song. So Mary, through the power of the Holy Spirit working in her life, Mary writes a song and she worships the Lord. Now, those words, does that, sound like, does that sound like a person in chaos? Does that sound like a person who's walking in troubles and struggles in their life? No, it doesn't. But she is, and she's on the verge of that because she's going to be facing a, a, a lot of scrutiny. So in the middle of her chaos, in the middle of the struggle, she decides to worship. So Mary is someone who not only put her trust in the Lord, but she proves it by worshiping him. If you want to arrive at your place of peace, then worship the Lord in the storm. Worship the Lord in the storm. I could testify that worshiping the Lord in the storm has to be an intentional choice. It must be intentional. And it's, it, it's not easy. But the more you're able to worship the Lord in the storm, then the more you're able to do that with, with greater ease and the more you're able to bring, have that peace. I've just... I've loved the fact that Suzanne and I, um, over the past few months, it just, it just seems like our, our, just, we've been able to stay strong together through worshiping the Lord. We've been praying together, hearing the word of the Lord. And I love in this, uh, in this song that we sing here at Lake Point Church, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm, louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. And so I want to encourage you. When, when things are going crazy, and, and it just seems like Christmas time, that, you know, lot, lots of things are going to go crazy in any time of the season. You're about to go visit crazy family. There's crazy schedules. You know, some of those crazy family members could be here today, you know, whatever. But all I'm saying is that when, the light, when life steps in and things are, are, are chaotic and there's struggles, um, worship. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Be intentional. Be intentional. And it's hard. It's very difficult. Um, I'm not going to stand up here and say that it, it is easy because is it, it is not. So Mary trusted in the Lord 
Mary worshiped in the storm. And the last and final thing we're gonna see in Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two, verse four through seven. It says this. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. So think about what Mary had to overcome for this journey and this pregnancy. She had to walk and or ride a donkey for 100 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Uh, that trip would take about 35 hours if, if it was nonstop. 35 hours of, of, of walking or, or riding on a donkey and a total of four days, if, if walking for about nine hours straight with no breaks a day would take about four days. And a pregnant woman probably would need a lot more breaks than that. So this trip probably took closer to about six days. So how does that sound for a pregnant road trip, ladies? How does that sound? It, would, it sounds pretty grueling. I, obviously, I... I can't personally attest to that, but just, it had to have been a struggle. And when she arrived, there was no comfortable bed, there was no privacy to give birth, and no normal place for her, to, for her baby to sleep. Through all of this, there were no signs of Mary complaining. Now, let me tell you something. There, there's probably a lot of ladies in the world, if, if you're in that situation, you would have been like, go to whatever house you need or whatever hotel and demand that we get a room and someone leaves because I am not gonna stay in a barn and I'm not gonna deliver my baby in a barn. I need some privacy. I need a private room. I need all this stuff. And, but, but you see no signs of that. You see no signs of, of Mary demanding these things. She wasn't saying how unfair it was. My cousin Elizabeth got to deliver her baby, baby in her house and, and had the comforts of home. She could have been thinking that. But there was no signs that life was unfair. Mary arrived at a moment of peace because she was content with not having more. She was content by not having more. One of the best ways we can have true peace at Christmas or any time of the year is to be content with not having more. When things just aren't right, when things just seem unfair, just being content with how life, what life treats you. And so Mary shows us in that final scene where she, she's pondering in her heart, she's treasuring those things, it's perfect peace, 
when, she's, when, when we see that, she, she arrives at that moment, I believe, because she trusted in the Lord. She worshiped in the storm, no matter what was happening. And she was content with not having more. She's content. True peace, I believe, is not gained in the easy times. Now, you can go when life is easy and you go sit by a, a, a creek and it's a beautiful day and, and the weather is awesome. And, and yeah, you could, you could have a peaceful setting and a peaceful moment. But true peace, I believe, is gained in the middle of chaos and the middle of storms. When you could trust in the Lord, worship in the storm, and then just be content with not having more. But there is an, there is an ultimate peace that we can have. Obviously, we're, today I focus on how we find peace at Christmas. And we see Mary, Mary shows us that. And then we can apply that to our lives, those same things. But there is, there is a deeper peace that, that we can have. And, and, and the peace that Jesus, the one that we were just reading about, has, has offered to us in our life by laying down his very own life. The ultimate peace is discover, to discover is the peace for your soul. There is a peace with God. And we see this in, you don't have to turn there, it's just one passage, passage but Romans 5, 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with him. So if you want ultimate peace, peace with God, just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess our sins. And believe that you have been justified by faith. And that peace with God will come. There's many, many, many people in this world who are walking in this world without a peace with their creator. Without a peace with God. So there's a peace with God and then there is a peace of God. The peace of God. So once you have... Once you have accepted Christ as Savior and you have, you're, you're at peace with him, troubles can still come. Just because you, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you choose to, to follow him, it, it doesn't mean that life's always going to be easy. Life is going to bring troubles. Life is going to bring trials and chaos. And then is when you need the peace of God. And we see this in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. There is a peace that goes beyond what you and I can understand. See, the problem is when trials come, when troubles come, chaos, we, we, try, to, we try to make sense of it. We try to understand it. And I'm, I'm, the, I'm 
probably the most guilty one of, in the world of that. Because I'm just, God, God made me with a very strategic mind. And I'm always just thinking that way. I'm just wired that way. But in order for you and I, all of us, to have the peace of God, we need to not be anxious. In everything, pray. And then also give thanks. And then present your request to God. And then the peace of God will what? Guard your hearts and your minds. The two most important organs of your body. Your heart and your mind. Have things been coming into your heart and your mind? It's been troubling you? That verse tells you how to, how to have the peace of God and for that to guard your heart and your mind and to transcend all of your understanding. When nothing makes sense, doesn't matter. God, God makes sense and God is in control. And then trust in the Lord, worship in the storm, and be content with not having more. Would you pray, pray with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I talked about peace today, and I also talked about a deeper peace. If, if you are, I, I think that's two responses. If you are in your life right now, there are, are just lots of questions, lots of chaos, lots of troubles, I encourage you, take, take what Mary has just shown us. And follow that towards your peace at Christmas. Follow that. And in this moment, in your response, I want you to just ask the Lord or or tell the Lord, just say, Lord, help me to trust in you. Help me to worship in the storm and help me to be content. Just take take a few, take a little bit of time to do that in this time, watching online or here today. Lord, help me to trust in you. Help me to worship in the storm. Help me to be content. And if you're here today and you need a deeper peace, you don't feel like you have peace with God. You'd be watching online, whether you're doing that live or, or later, doesn't matter. You could be feeling in your heart that you just don't have peace with God. And he longs to have that peace with you. But he's already made the choice. You see, there's two choices that can be made. There's a choice for Jesus to, to choose you, and there's a choice for you to choose Jesus. Jesus has already proved that by coming in the world and dying on the cross for you and taking away your sins. He did his part. Now it's your part. And your part just mainly is just confessing your sin to him. So if you want peace with God, let me lead you in that right now. 
He simply says this, Dear Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood for me. I confess my sin to you. Please forgive me of my sins. Please come into my life and be Lord of my life and bring peace into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, whether here or or watching online, I'd love to know about it. You could simply just send me an email at frank at lakepointonline.com and just let me know. Or you can send it to pastor at lakepointonline.com. And, uh, and I would love to uh, be able to walk with you and to be able to give you some uh, next steps for you to follow uh, into your perfect peace. And for those who have accepted Christ as Savior, I would encourage you, just take the time this week all the way on to Christmas when things get crazy, things are out of control, there's lots of questions, some chaos, trust in the Lord, worship in the storm, and be content with not having more. Hey, we, uh, we do have this celebration at the end of the service. There's lots of cookie cake, and um, we'd love for you to celebrate uh, Joe and Kayla. On the back table, there are some cards, and if you could write a note card and just either give it to Joe or Kayla or drop it in the offering box in the back or leave it just by the cookie cake. Either way, we'll make sure we get that. But just write a note of encouragement to Joe and and Kayla. And there's some pens back there as well. And just make sure you just tell them uh, that you love them. And uh, Joe, we will be praying for you uh, next week as you uh, preach in the view of a call. I know uh, the Lord is going to bless you in that. And Castle is going to be extra blessed. And it already is. All right. Hey, uh, let's give Joe and Kayla another round of applause and support. Awesome. Well, we love you guys. Let's go enjoy some cookie cake, and uh, we see you all next week.